RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. You know, I was trying to figure out how I would introduce my guest on The Rock Stops here. How are you doing, everyone? How you be? You hanging? It's the best we can do. I'm over it. I'm over the mask. I'm over distancing. I'm over wearing gloves to the gym. But you know what? Nobody wants to hear a complainer. So let's try to have some fun. And let's try to get some uh, motivation going. And we got it today with my guest. This guy is a hustler. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he has his own business and is thriving, thriving. He left the corporate world. He started out in radio. It was about the connections that he made and that you make. That's how it works. And then when you get an opportunity, you got to take that opportunity and run with it. You got to be prepared when opportunity comes your way. Now, I know you're probably like, damn, I'm never getting an opportunity. How come I'm not getting an opportunity? You know, I hear you. I hear you. I was thinking about it before I did this podcast today. Like I still, right now I'm not working at any radio or TV station. I'm my own boss. That's good. Do I miss the nice size paycheck? Yes. Do I miss the great insurance? You don't have to do any. Everything is done by human resources. I never had to worry about anything. Yes. Uh, I miss the bullshitting, the busting balls of being at a, at a work environment, walking around. Yes, I would stir it up. I would stir it up with the gossip. Yeah, I admit it. My wife always says, that's going to come back around to you. Watch out for karma. You stirring it up. And it does. <laughs> it does. It does. I miss that. You know, and everybody, oh, the working from home is great. Working from home is great. Well, what happens when my recorder is busted? Oh, my God. I was going through so much the last couple of weeks. And it, it turned out to be just my mic cables. Two mic cables. I went down to a guitar store, guitar center. They are so helpful in guitar stores. Every time I've been, they're just, they're creative people. They're, they're, they're just so helpful, man. What about your cables? What about your cables? No, my cables, no. I've done 45 episodes of the rock stops here. I do. I've been since August doing my other podcast, uh, Bucks Kickoff. No, my cables are fine. Let me just check. He checked. Boom. It was my cables. It was driving me nuts. Uh, I had people trying to help me and figure out and what's going on and all this jazz and Mickey Mouse. But when you don't have like a, an engineer at a station, now there have been cutbacks and a lot of stations don't have an engineer on premises, which blows me away for live TV, live radio. Uh, but things have changed, you know, but stuff like that I miss when you got to buy stuff, your own equipment, you, there's nothing like go back to engineering and see what they got back there. I don't have anything there. I'm ter I'm just barely know enough to get by. Um, so those are the things. And we got a little dog, a Havanese, a little sweetheart, little Macy, Macy Gracie. I am in a female oriented house. Oh my God. My daughter, my wife, and our little furball is a girl. I am, I, I am outnumbered. And the love that they bring, it's unbelievable. But she also is a yapper. When other dogs walk by outside, she can sense it. She loves even squirrels. And it's like when you're trying to record, like I really want to make the one room that we have. My son will use it if he comes, but he's not here hardly at all. Uh, he's just doing his own thing. I love when he's here and visits. But I was going to make that into a studio. Oh, everybody, yeah, make it into a studio, make it into a studio. When you got a yapper and you're trying to record, drives me crazy. I've had to go into the closet of the master bedroom, close three doors. I've done podcasts where I hear scratch, scratching, scratching. One time I lost it. What? She just wanted some love. She just wanted to be petted and her ear scratched. She's a diva. She is high maintenance. She's a girl. And uh, so those are the pros and cons of working from home. Uh, I still, I'm, I'm telling you, I like, I like the scuttlebutt, man. I like busting shops. I like walking around. Now, the thing is, I've been going into some radio stations. I got another one this coming week. 
And when I go back in to, to, to interview guests on the podcast, there's hardly anybody at these stations. There's no salespeople anymore. It's really bare bones. So it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And the, the protocols are tight again. But anyway, you don't want to hear about that. All right, let me get to my guest. Third leg, Greg, Greg Wolf started as a kid in radio, started on the street team. And then he worked his way up to being on air, getting high ratings, to working for the Tampa Bay Lighting in the NHL as the uh, in arena host. Uh, he's the guy that gets the crowd going. And the job is harder than it looks, you know, and he touches on this. And then what we talked about afterwards when we were there. So uh, he's doing it. He's got a lot of uh, energy and passion and drive, and he's very successful. And another Rock Stops Here guest that is positive. There's a reason why these people are successful. Let me welcome in. Here he is, man. You've seen him at Lightning Games. He's going to the NHL All-Star game in Lost Wages. Yeah, they recruited him. They want him. The Wolfie. Greg, third leg, Greg Wolf. All righty, he's third leg, Greg. He's Greg Wolf. The guy is still on this path. See, this rock stops here is those that have made it to the top. And what about when you're not on the top, but you're still on the top? I'm and, trying, and Rob. You're, you're, you're climbing, you're climbing. How you doing, my I'm man? I'm doing fantastic. It is beautiful here in Tampa Bay today. Look, Rock, not a cloud in the sky. We're hanging out. Uh, it is a beautiful day to be in Tampa Bay, and life is good over here. Oh, my God. Well, let's start off. I don't want to start, like, first how it started. Sure. Those, I gave a little intro, but, yeah. you know, the in-game host for the Tampa Bay Lightning yes, for sir. so many years. 15 now. 15, 15 seasons, years. Man. Unbelievable, right? And your own very successful company. Yes, sir. Uh, street-laced DJ, yep. street-laced marketing, Both entertainment. I mean, congrats on all of it, man. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been a remarkable road to get to this point. Um, I would say really within the last six years, it's really kind of uh, taken off. As you know, I was the promotions director over at iHeartRadio for, uh, for DAE and for WFLA and 95.7 The Beat. I did that pretty much for almost seven years, basically from 2009 to 2016. I was over there with Ron and Ian and the big dog, Steve Dumig. And uh, you remember when Rick Stroud and... Um, um, Oh, I can't think of his name. Tom Jones did the morning show. Like I was over there doing the golf tournament, the Ron Diaz Christmas classic and the uh, Chris Thomas. And so great opportunities and great experiences in those, you know, six, seven years at iHeart. But in the, but then the whole time of all of that, I still had street laced, which was a side hustle. It was a, a side business that me and my business partner had really started when I left wild 98.7 and went to go work for the lightning back in 2006. And it was really just a side hustle. We were marketing representatives for the record label industry. Back then we were the market reps in Tampa for Def Jam and Interscope Atlantic. The big, big groups is what my business partner blaze had. And we formed a great relationship when I was at wild. And so, um, he had approached me when I left the radio station before I started with the lightning. And that's kind of when the business and the, and the company formed. I got six more record labels to join our crew off the power of the majors he had. And that's kind of how Streetlight started. Um, we were music label promoters, hence the word Streetlights. We were lacing the streets with music. And so in that time, building the relationships with all the DJs in the market, um, we were really a grassroots marketing company, which we still are to this day. We were doing work with Live Nation, Dave Harb over at the Amphitheater, and Holly Brown back then at the St. Pete Times Forum. We were at Ruth Eckerd Hall, the Strauss Center, uh, Mahaffey. We were basically their grassroots street, street team crew. Um, and that literally over the years has now blossomed into a full-on, full-scale marketing and promotions firm with over 40 of Tampa's biggest and best-named DJs. Uh, we have an entertainment um, 
uh, crew. I mean, everything you can think of rock from you need a bouncy house for your kid's birthday party to face painters to balloon artists to stilt walkers to the stuff you see at Bucks Beach every Sunday for, for, for Buccaneers football, all those acrobatics and breakdance crews, uh, the artists, uh, local artists, they're all a part of the Street Lace Network. And so we've, we've taken absolute pride in building what we've built, um, but we are the go-to company now in Tampa, again, from those networking years while working with the Lightning, while working with iHeart, all the networking and building of relationships, we realized we can do this for ourselves. And so that's when I left iHeart in 2016 and Blaze was working for Delta. He was, he's been in the crown room for, he's been with it. He was there for over 15 years himself. So we realized we can do this for ourselves. Isn't the American dream to build, build your own brand, your own company and knowing the tools and resources and relationships we built we can do this. Now, I was driving here and I'm always thinking what I'm going to be doing in my guest mm-hmm. and how do I approach it? I know your background, but I want to stop you right there. Yes, it is about who you know. It is about building your brand. Sure. But a lot of people don't know how to take advantage of opportunities. And I was thinking like, for example, there was a comedian, he's gone a little bit crazy, but I used to love him, Jim Brewer. Sure. Well, he was on Saturday Night Live. Right. He was Goat Boy, but he used that and then worked hard and to build his brand. Sure. And you started as a guy that was on a street team. And for those who don't know in a radio station, that's the, the entry level and you're out on the street and you're yep. handing out stuff. Yep. From there to where you are now, where does this drive, this hustle to continue to look and to grow? Where's this come from? Does this come from your family? Did you just have this in you? I would think, I mean, it it is instilled in you at a young age. I think, uh, you know, we're impressionable as children and my, both my parents, um, were, were hustlers as far as, you know, what we saw them doing, you know, they had their own businesses. My dad growing up, he owned Wolf's Liquors in Washington, DC. Um, and it's, it's crazy rock. I'm going to give a quick story. It's crazy that I went into the radio business. So my dad's, um, liquor store, uh, I want to say it was on L street or K street in downtown Washington, DC, which was near, um, DC one Oh one, which is where, you know, we all know Howard Stern legendary legendary. Okay. So my dad, again, the marketing genius that he, he was, and again, some of that definitely wore off its genetics. He, even though he had a liquor store, you know, it was kind of like a convenience store too. Like he had, you know, stuff in there, but he knew to get customers in his store, he was going to lure them in. So what did he do? He had a popcorn machine that he left in the, but the front, it was free popcorn too. And he had it in the front of the store so that when he would get in every day, he would, he would just make new fresh batches of fresh popcorn. And that smell would permeate out onto the streets and people would come in and they would just give him free popcorn. And he had an amazing lady working the front desk. And so it was like a, it was a, I don't want to say like a, a nice spot that people went into, but they would grab a juice or something before they would go to on their way to work. And well, guess what? DC 101 was right near there. And I swear to you, I remember as a kid going to work one day with my dad and he sat me up on the, on the counter and the lady who was working the front, I forget her name. She gave me a pack of lifesavers. So I'm just like, you know, little kid, like feet head dangling off the counter, eat my lifesavers and this tall lanky. I'll never forget it. Cause I was like, I've never seen somebody that tall before as a kid. And this tall lanky guy with crazy hair comes in, says, hello. I think her name was Shirley says hello to Shirley. She goes in and gets something, comes to the front desk, pats me on the head. Hey kid. And gives, you know, her the money and goes on his way. That was Howard Stern. Wow. So I was blessed and touched on my head by Howard wow. Stern as a kid. Wow. And then ended up not really realizing that story until years later, talking to my, my dad and stuff. And, I and so look at my path went into radio. It's crazy that that story happened, but my parents own businesses. They own children's clothing stores. Uh, my mom uh, in the Columbia mall up in Maryland, it was called little people. And they had another store called for kids only. So, and my dad, you know, he was always, he just was always working, you know, that, that work ethic was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. was instilled at a young age. And I, I think just to drive, um, to want to be successful, like my parents to see if they can do it, you know, then I can do it. And so 
I think that's kind of where it started at a young age was, was that drive. Now, you obviously loved radio. I know when you were a kid, you had your own little radio station. Boom. Your street team. Boom. The station called yep. Wild, which yep. has been very successful. Yes. Hip hop and R&B. And yep. then you were on the air and you were you were very successful there. Yes. Why not just say, hey, man, I'll just be an on-air personality and, and try to ride out my career? Or did you like look at the business and the, yes. it was more that you wanted? There was a, that's a, there, that's great that you asked it. There was a defining moment. So when my contract was up at Wild ninety eight point seven, this was the end of two thousand and five. Um, my contract was was expiring basically, and the radio station again as a night show on a hip hop station. I was there almost seven years, and that's a long run because yes, you know is. you got to keep it young, you got to keep it hip. Yes. And so as much as it stung to not be renewed. Um, even though my ratings were still at the top of the charts at that point, um, I kind of I understood, I guess, that, you know, you're going to try to maybe hip it up, go a little bit younger. I'm, I'm kind of following out of that demo because I started at that radio station out of college. So I was 21 out of USF. And so, like you said, on the on the street team and kind of building my way up, I'm a young kid. Now I'm getting close to I'm 30. You know what I mean? I'm past 30. So I'm not necessarily in the depth. And so I understood all of that, but it still stung. And so Orlando, the next day, in the trade magazines like um, FMQB and Radio Online. And for Online. those that don't know, yes. Orlando is the PD. He is the no, night, uh, morning show. Very successful. Yeah, still so to this he's day. the so program director over at Wild Orlando and the Freak Show. And so he he said, listen, man, tomorrow morning I'm going to put, you know, the, the, the trade magazines are going to call because now all of a sudden the night show uh, is open in Tampa. Um, so, you know, I'm going to put in a good word, you know. And so he's like, you've been an instrumental part of this radio station and the success of this radio station. And people need to know that. And sure enough, his quote in the in the in the trades was basically like he's a free agent. And if you're a PD and you don't scoop this kid up, you're doing yourself a disservice. Basically, what, So my phone was ringing rock. I Beautiful. got phone calls from. Um, New Orleans, Kansas City, really? uh, Orlando, Minneapolis. And I was getting flown to all these markets like this. a superstar. I'm getting flown to these markets to meet with the uh, program directors and the sales staff. And they literally pick you up in the radio station vehicle at the airport and they bring you to the office and they schlep you around and you meet everybody and they take you out that night and they get you dinner and you, you, you go to the club night. And, like they'd really try <laughs> to make you feel like a, a recruit almost I like uh, for, for like a, you know, an NFL recruiter. Yeah. or a college recruit. And so um, that's kind of where I, I was at, at at the time and didn't really know, do I want to uproot my life and go from Tampa now to a different market and start over uh, in that market? And I was super close, Rock, to going to Minneapolis. Really? Not only because bigger market, sure. right? Uh, it's the home of a lot of amazing companies and brands, obviously the Vikings, the twins. So like they have sports. And so the station was hip. They had cool, they had amazing station vehicles. They had like a, like a Dr. Dre, like a low rider that, I mean, their stuff was, their toys were amazing. So they really, really got me. Um, but the problem was we could not agree on, on contract money. And I had learned in the industry that, the money, the bonus structure and things like that, as far as your contract was more important than the gigs, the, the club nights and the, and the car dealership remotes and stuff like that, because I know that stuff is not guaranteed. You're not guaranteeing right. me 10 gigs a week, unless you're going to guarantee me 10 gigs a week in my contract. Right. I have to make this make sense to move from Florida to Minneapolis. Okay. Let's pretty just talk smart, about my wardrobe man, for a guy that's been, uh, I learned to dine and that would be something for your ego. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So it got to the point where, uh, I was very close to going to Minneapolis. It, 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 we couldn't agree on finances. And so I stuck it out and I said, you know what? I, and again, when I left the station, I had, a um, what do you call it? When you, when you get, leave a job and they give you a, uh, oh, a severance. Seven, I had a severance. Oh, yeah, so seven, okay, I had okay. some time, okay. you know, I had some time to think about this. Nice. Nice. And so, uh, in the meantime, I went over to my buddy, Mark Gullett, who at the time was the vice president of marketing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mark Gullett was the program or the uh, promotions director, excuse me, 
at Wild 98.7 that brought me on and gave me my job on the street team. He left that radio station uh, maybe a year into its creation, uh, which was, as you know, a huge success to what Wild 94.1 is today. Yes. And so Mark had left and taken this job with the vice president of marketing for the Lightning. Hip radio station promotions director takes his job now with the Lightning. And that was, you know, Stanley Cup time. I mean, this is 2000. Four, Four heading into five. And now I'm at the end of five heading into 2006. So I hit him up. I said, Mark, we've had a great relationship. You've seen me go from street teamer, like you just said, to on-air DJ. And obviously, when I was on the air at Wild, he and I had done promotions together. Obviously, you know, radio and lightning yes. and bucks, it all goes hand in hand. Take yes. the giveaway, Storm, have the cheerleaders on my show to talk about upcoming Storm football. Nice. So we had a great working relationship. And again, I'm trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. So I hit him up. I was like, Mark, if there's anything available in your department, I would love to work with you again. He's like, Greg, if I had something, I would hire you tomorrow. But he didn't at the time. He's like, I don't I don't have anything here for you. He goes, but I'll put your resume on the top of my file, guaranteed. Sure enough, maybe a month later, he calls me and says, Wolf, can you come to the game tomorrow night? I'm like, yes. He goes, do you have a suit? I was like, yeah. He goes, wear a suit. Meet me at the admin entrance tomorrow at St. Pete Times Forum at 4 o'clock. I was like, Done. I had no idea what, what are we doing? Well, like what's going on? I have no clue, but I didn't ask questions. Oh, I'm like, I love I'm going. these stories. Love so this. I go and I meet Mark at the admin entrance at four o'clock on that game day. I don't remember who we played that day. And so, um, we go in and he go, I'm like, what's going on? We go down to his office. He's like, I'm going to have you observe today. And I'm like, okay, we're observing. What are we observing? He goes, I want you to observe. We're going to go out to the plaza. You're going to observe the plaza and everything that's going on out there as far as just things that you see, things that you hear. I just want you to soak it all up, take it all in. Again, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Unbelievable. Then we're going to go in and watch stuff during the game as far as the game. He goes, I don't, I mean, you can watch the game, but I want you to pay attention to everything else. The game experience, like, you know, what fans are doing. Okay, cool. And so that's what we did. And so didn't that, we didn't talk a whole lot. I literally just kind of watched and observed things that were going on. At the third period of the game, we went back down to his office and I was like, okay, so... He's like, what did you see tonight? And I was like, I gave him whatever the th- I, I thought that he wanted to hear about what I had saw that night. Um, and so I was like, what's going on? He goes, okay, so I have a position here. It's a marketing coordinator position. The kid that's running the stuff out on the plaza. I was like, yeah, he was kind of corny. The kid was on the mic. He's just, he was a little corny. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, but he wasn't terrible. Right, right. Like he goes, yeah, he goes, he's just, there's been some issues. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't necessarily know if he's the right person for the job anymore he goes but i i need another reason for things to switch up i need another thing or two to happen and so i'm like okay so he's like you're you're my consideration right now to to take over that spot and i was like holy crap i hope this kid messes up i hope this kid messes up (laughs) and sure enough this kid messed up again and sure enough uh, he called me i had an interview for the position um but i eventually became the marketing coordinator for the tampa bay lightning this was in 2006 so now i have diverted from radio career right like you just said like it didn't feel right for me to i i I didn't want to be that radio guy that went from market to market eventually trying to make it to los angeles or new york which is markets number one and two or even a chicago or a dallas like i I didn't know if i wanted to do that because i loved tampa i went to college i went to usf grad like i built roots here and in same thing with wild i i felt that i had built something here and I didn't necessarily want to uproot my life and go somewhere else and do it. So that means, are you going to sacrifice right. what you had built as a career in radio to now shift gears and go in a different direction? That's a good point. And so I did. I decided balls. that working with the Lightning, now I'm working in the NHL. I didn't look at it as I'm working for the Lightning. I looked at it as I just went from radio, CBS radio, mm-hmm. to the National Hockey League. Yes. So, so went from radio to sports, and now I'm in sports marketing. Again, I have, at that time, that's when Street Lace was starting, too. We were doing it as a side hustle, so I have, well, had some opportunities also, Rock, to make a little bit of money. Yeah. So Street Lace is a side business. I get hired by the Lightning. And so now I'm in the, I got my foot in the door. Just like at Wild, 
when I started on the street team, if I get my foot in the door, That's I'm going to do need. everything. Yep. Yep. I'm going to prove myself to this place and what I'm capable of. And so I was a marketing coordinator basically from 2006 to 2009. And I started hosting for the team in 07. Do you remember back in 07, Rock? There was two hosts for the Lightning. They had a guy named Todd, and they had Jenny Dean. Yes, who, I do who remember that. Went to go work for the Country Station and Bay News Nine. I okay. do remember that. So they had two hosts back then. I see. So on this one particular night, I'm in my office, which is right down from Marks, and I hear the game, uh, the vice president of game op, uh, direction, which I, it was either Jason Dixon or Jim Ciatoli at the time. I don't remember which guy it was. I want to say it was Dixon. Goes into Mark's office and he's screaming, I don't know what the F we're going to do. And I'm like, here, I'm trying to hear what's going on. And right. so long story short, that game day, Todd is out of town. Jenny Dean has a family emergency, has to leave, has to go. We're two hours before puck drop. Wow. And as you know, game, wow. there's a whole game presentation. Oh. Okay, so things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's in Mark's office because he's like, you're not going to believe like what just happened. Like she has to go and I'm right. two hours from puck drop. I don't have a host. I don't have, you know, so wow. I'm hearing this. Wow. So I, I head down to Mark's office. I knock on the door. I said, Mark, you know, I am more than capable to hop in tonight and, and host for you guys. I understand the sponsor. I understand all of that. And I was hosting out on the plaza anyway. So I'm like, I am more than capable to jump in there tonight. He looked at Jason. He's like, you don't, I don't think you have a choice. You better put in the wolf. And he's like, <laughs> the wolf's going in. Actually, I think it was Sia Tolley now that I think about it. So they put me in a, to host, to substitute host that game. Crushed it. I had such a blast rock because I'm like, I've been working for the team. See, you were prepared. That's the thing. Correct. When you're not prepared, that's when you're the most nervous. Right. You were prepared. John Franzone uses a quote. It. It's called... Um, he always goes the, the, um, oh my God, what is the quote? Luck favors the prepared. That's a good one. It's a great I, I one. haven't heard it with the John Franzoni, uh, Franzoni, luck favors nice. the prepared. Nice. So when you're prepared yes. and luck comes your way, like, Hey, we have an opportunity. I'm prepared. I'm ready to do this. So went in rock crushed it because now again, as a fan of the team, as a, as somebody who's just working in marketing for the team, promoting the team. I now get to be the biggest cheerleader for the team and be out there. And I, and it came across as such uh -huh. to the fans. It, it resonated. This guy's having fun. He's in, like, you could tell. And so I loved it. And so now they know, hey, God forbid we ever have another situation or Jenny can't do it or Todd can't do it. We have a, we have a sub. We know in our own building, on our own staff, we have somebody that can do it. Fast forward 07. Todd leaves the market. Jenny Dean, I think, got the job of Bay News 9 yes. or the country station. Yes. Now that's her obligation. Yes. I kind of slid into the role. Now I'm doing arena football for the, for the uh, storm. Now I'm the host for the lightning. That was until 2009. Again, street laced side hustle. But being in the building, I got the contract from the St. Pete Times Forum to do all their grassroots for their concert events. And when the storm needed nice. to go out and get tickets out into the market, we would be the team to go do it. So street lace is still bubbling on the side while I'm working for the marketing for the lightning. And in 2009, that's when the Cowboys came in. That's when Oren Kulas and Len Berry came in, uh, fired everybody. I didn't even I didn't even know that's that's, that's what, what it went down. Yeah, so I, they came yeah. in. We were excited to be honest with you, Rock, because that's when we created the Scene Stamkos campaign. I was part of all that. I like, remember that. Oh my god, Stephen Stamkos was was the rookie. He yes. was the guy coming in, and they did. Yeah, I did didn't know that was you. Was, scene yeah. Stamkos, Scene yes. Stamkos, it was everywhere. everywhere. It was the whole city it was huge. billboard. Scene Stamkos. It was like a Dr. Seuss font. <laughs> and we created a website um, called Scene Stamkos, which big. was basically. Um, highlights of him at the Sarnia Sting and this young kid that we were trying to educate the market about. We're about to get the, this number one draft pick, and you need to know how remarkable this kid is. Now look at, oh. look at, look at. I mean, were we not geniuses <laughs> ahead of our time? So we were doing this promotion for Stamkos that had it's really unprecedented in sports, like to any sport, to do this highlight to create this hoopla around a draft pick. Uh, creating a website and there were people checking in from all over. We were sending stickers all across the globe so people could put their scene Stamkos stuff on their, you know, light poles in Sweden. And like, so we were getting entries. It was amazing grassroots marketing at its finest. I mean, we, it, it won an ad award. I mean, it was amazing. So we thought the Hollywood guy in Oren Kules, who uh, it was a part of, he created all the Saw movies. These were the two, two and owners, and a half by the way, at that time of yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? He was a Hollywood guy. Hollywood the other guy. guy. So we're yeah. like, he's going to understand like what we're doing and, and the kind of cool hip things that we're doing in marketing. So we thought we were going to be 100% safe with this guy sure. coming in. And uh, they brought in their own people and they fired everybody. It didn't matter. The host, you know, didn't matter marketing. It, everybody got booted out of that place. 
So that sucked. And so now here we are again, Rock. is like, now what are we doing? This is life. We just went this from is radio, life. Yep. Now to Mark Lightning, I'm out of two gigs, really, as host and in marketing. So right. now what? Right. And that's when iHeartRadio called and said, hold on, this guy has radio experience. This guy has sports marketing experience. We happen to have an opening at sports radio. Oh, and so DAE came calling and I took over the job as marketing uh, director uh, for, for DAE and 970 WFLA, also home of lightning. So again, like, okay, this is all kind of tying together. Yes. Uh, and then eventually took over 95.7 The Beat. Meanwhile, still had street laced on yes. the side. Yes. <clears throat> so worked for iHeart from 2009 to 2016. Um, again, and in that time, the lightning ownership, Mr. Vinnick comes in, buys the team, hires Todd Lewicki, uh, Steve Griggs. And these guys took a deep dive into the season ticket member surveys that come out every year. If you're a season ticket member, you get a survey that is extensive and it asks you everything from the food quality to every person that you touch in that building from the from the ushers to the DJ to Paul Porter to myself. It asks you everything. So they went in as soon as they got there. They said, we want to see all the season ticket member surveys. We want to do a deep dive into the organization. Yep. Sure enough, the fans were like. Where is Wolf? What happened to Wolf? Because remember, I had been gone now for two, really a season and a half because we had lockout year, if you remember. Yes. So that was 2010 to 11, I believe was the lockout year, Um, somewhere in that time frame. So Lywicki and these guys do the research and they keep seeing fans asking, where's Wolf? Where's Wolf? And they're like, Wolf's at DAE and FLA running. uh, He's doing uh, promotions. And Bill Wickett, sure enough, calls me, says, Wolf. Do you want to come back and host? And I was like, what? And he wow, goes, that usually doesn't happen. No, this does not happen. <laughs> Rocky. And he's like, Todd, you know, Todd. And again, the, the crew has Vinick. They've all done the research and the fans have been clamoring that bring you back. And so I was like, well, first of all, Wick, you know, I didn't want to leave in the first place. We all got booted. Wick didn't, Wick survived all of that. You know, like Nigel, like some of those guys survived all of those changes. Kudos to them. Yeah. Um, and yes. so Wick, yeah. Yes. So Wick yes. said, do you want to come back? And I was like, I would love to come back. That was the lockout year. I was so excited to come back. What happens? No hockey. Come back in January. <laughs> we sucked that year. It was awful. We were done by March. Um, but then that was the springboard to from 2011 to look at where we're at now. So, um, and it also worked hand in hand because they knew he's our promotions director at DAE and FLA, which is home of the lightning and all the sports teams. And now Greg Wolf's the host. He's doing, it didn't interfere with my job at iHeart. I'd work at iHeart all day and go do the games at night and did that all the way pretty much up until 2016. Uh, when I decided to leave iHeart and do Street Laced 100% full-time and still hosting to this day. Oh, 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 and congratulations. And then USF football, oh, seven years ago called. Of course. And yeah, this we didn't is, even talk about that. And this is this is where you went to school. And, yes. oh, you bring you bring it, you bring it. So USF, you're, you're kicking ass with the lightning. You, yeah. you do so good. You now get asked, congratulations, you're going to be going to the NHL All-Star Game festivities yes, in Vegas, yeah. you're going to be hosting, co-hosting yeah. there. You believe that? Look That's at crazy. you! Look at you! So the, for the last four seasons, Rock, I've done four major NHL league events. It started obviously in 2018 um, when the All Star Game and festivities were here in Tampa, which was amazing. So got to uh, host the All Star Game. I got to host a red carpet walk, which was amazing. That was right behind on Water Street. They had all the players come in, basically from the water area. It was beautiful, and they all came and did the red carpet. The league stuff. is watching, and you're doing a good job. It was Awesome. I got to do the mascot game. So that was 2018. 2019, the league calls and says, we're bringing you over to Sweden to host the NHL Global Series. I was like, what? I love following you from the plane to everything I mean, literally, you did, the experience. Oh. It was amazing. That was probably the cool, one of the coolest things I've ever done. And you traveled my, with, you were on the plane, you were with that, that team. Yes, traveling with the team internationally on top of that. You're getting to experience something that very few people ever get to do right so not only that but you're like when i walked on the plane and we were in new york because we flew up from new york because they played the islanders and rangers and then we flew over to the, the other side of the pond walking on that plane and 
literally walking on. Now, mind you, they gave us all the same gear. We got this official uh, uh, global series, like warm-up outfits. So we look like a team. Everybody, even from like the Bill Wicketts and all the, you know, Esposito, everybody's wearing the same warm-up outfits. It's awesome. So you're walking on the and team. you're a big guy. Playing. You're good size. Yeah. You look like you could play. So you're walking past Kucherov and you're walking past Vazzy and you're walking past Stammer and Braden Coburn and all the guys are just giving you nods like, what's up, man? It's like, uh, this is so surreal right now. Then you go to the back because they're all in the front you know first class but then you go to the back you get a, i got a whole row to myself you get to the, your row there's pillows and blankets there's a menu rock they give you a menu that's just for you guys to choose what you want like a restaurant and what would you like to eat tonight i literally had to get up and go to the restroom right so i'm towards the back of the plane i go to the restroom there's a charcuterie board rock where the um where the the stewardesses and stuff there's a huge board of like a charcuterie and i'm like Man, you guys really treat you well. I thought it was for the staff. I thought it was for them, yeah, the, the yeah. airline pilots and the yeah. and the staff. And they're like, "No, that's for you guys." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> you guys have a charcuterie board in the back of the plane for us to just go back?" I'm like, "This is next level." And we're on this plane for eight hours or whatever, you know, traveling, doing like the red eye. Right, so right, 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 right. You get off the plane now. So now we, we land in Sweden. You get off the plane. And you get on a bus and the bus basically takes you to a check-in area, but it is a VIP check-in experience because you get it. You're in a professional hockey team going to Sweden, you know, yes. so they not only roll out the red carpet, but it is VIP treatment the entire way. They have like all these different um, stewardesses and people to check you in. It's not like you have to wait in line. Right. Like, it's like a bunch of people checking you in. And again, you get there as drinks and food and the whole nine. You're like, what is going on? Then you get checked in. They get you on another bus, and that bus takes you to the team hotel in downtown Sweden. Now it's like, what do we do? As soon as you walk in the hotel, there's coordinators there. What's your name, Mr. Wolf? Here's your room key. You don't really have to check in and do anything. You get your room key. You go up to your room, and you get... It was amazing. What life, Rock, like, you, it was life. amazing. You, Rock. Like, yeah, you, just, yeah. you really got to feel what it's like to be a professional athlete at the top traveling level. international for a league event and how they really make those guys feel like royalty. Wow. And to be a part of that was an unreal experience. Not only that, but to be hosting a global event yeah. and to be in that arena at the Ericsson Globe in Stockholm and to just really soak it all in. I'm like, I can't believe I'm hosting a game right now internationally. It kind of goes back to what you were saying. Was was there a defining moment where yes. you're going to leave radio and, and take that chance? And yeah. to me, that moment, standing on that ice, looking around, I'm like I am in Stockholm, Sweden right now, hosting a global event that's going to be televised globally. I'm the focal point during this game at multiple. It blew my mind rock. That's kind of where it hit me. And so that was in 2019 and then 2020 COVID. We know what happened in COVID. There was no fans in attendance. Our team, our boys won a Stanley cup. Nobody there in a bubble, even though we were at the arena with a very limited amount of season ticket members. And we put on a presentation because we were socially distanced. Back then, remember, you had to be socially distanced. Yes. So it was only the lower bowl. There might have been 2,000 fans, uh, season ticket members, and us and the Blue Crew and Thunderbug. So at least we had some sort of excitement and experience to win the Stanley Cup. We were in the arena at least. Right, right. But it was, it was not what it should have been, which right. it was last year. Right. So 2020 really didn't get to do anything. 2021, Stanley Cup final. It's in our town. We already saw the hoopla. So again, you're hosting a Stanley Cup final. Now fast forward to 2022, you get the phone call from the NHL and they say, hey, we're bringing you to Vegas to host the All-Star game again. <sighs> That's four straight events for the league. So again, it's a, it's, it's a testament to the team I work with, Rock, because Franzone and the Lightning Vision crew are by far the best in the industry, and I'm only as good as a team that I'm on. So if they didn't make me look good every single night and that presentation that people, fans, always talk about when they come to a Lightning game, that wasn't just a game. That was an experience. That's not just me. That's the entire team and what Franzone and, and everybody in that building has created I'm just a small piece of that. So for them to recognize me enough to go and host the NHL All-Star All game and represent the city of Tampa, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome, man. You're the GOAT. You're the GOAT. Because, you know, who's, you know who's, it sounds like Brady says the same thing. I swear to God, he's like, it's, it's all the guys around me. Fact. It isn't. No, no, it you is. You understand. It is, it is, you really understand when no you're doubt. at that level. Yes. You know, yes. that you're not here because of you did it all yourself. You busted your ass to get here. No question. But you wouldn't be here if people didn't believe in you and didn't try to make you look as good as possible. Now I want to transition just a couple more, but I got to hit you up on this. 
Jake Paul. Now, I know that there are a lot of you that, oh, this YouTuber, I'm done with him. Oh, mm-hmm. he's not fighting a real boxer, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Yep. But as I have said, and in the beginning, I wanted him to get his ass kicked. I didn't like him. <laughs> My son is 24. Yep. I asked him, and he was like, look, man, he, you know, he turned it around, and what he had done, yeah. you know, what you, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I'm like, I got to give this guy credit. So he is huge. He is selling out yes. Emily Arena. Never happened then before. Then I I see when they're going to do the workout and showtime and it's over at Hard Rock. This is the Tyron Woodley, the latest fight with Jake Paul. And I see that you are getting to host this. Yeah. That, and you, I was watching on the showtime and it was streaming and it was huge. That was, a, that was another <laughs> feather in your cap. I'm not kidding you yeah. with Jake Paul. Now, what was that experience so like? So that was remarkable because I had just come off being asked by the United Soccer League to host a championship final for the Rowdies and... And, uh, Orange County Soccer Club. So I just gotten that call, I which I was blown away by that call because the USL uh, championship president, I, USL, I don't know if you know this, their offices are in St. Pete. Somebody told me that. Yeah. So, and I didn't know this, mm-hmm. um, but like the actual league offices are in St. Pete, which obviously would mean that they are either frequent attendees of Lightning Games or they, sure. you know, in the USF games or who knows. You never knew who's uh, watching. But I got a call from one of their coordinators and he was like, I want to say he said the president of the league asked us to call you to host the championship final. I'm like, so he must be a lightning fan. He's like, who's not a lightning fan. Right, so right. Uh, again, just watching what I do led to the, the league calling me to say, we need to bring some energy into the final here at Al Lang. Let's, let's get the wolf. And so sure enough, got that call. And then shortly after that, here comes Showtime, uh, and there it was an event that was put on by another company, but Showtime was another part of that whole situation. So they also said, hey, you know, we got your information from Emily Arena and the Vinick Sports Group uh, said you would be the guy to, to do this, so we're reaching out because we'd like for you to host the open workouts. And so at first I didn't know. Uh, I, I know what open workouts are, sure. but not to the spectacle of a Jake Paul, you know, event and didn't know what to expect. So – I went through it all with them. I said, can you kind of give me the breakdown of how this is going to work? And they said, well, basically you're going to have the fighters on the undercard. Uh, and obviously Tyron and, and Jake will do, will do some stuff. Although they're not traditional, not all the boxers do traditional war workouts. And I was like, look, what does that mean? They said, well, Jake kind of does a lot of aerobics kind of stuff and he's not. And then you saw he jumped in the pool. Yes. Like he's, he's more of a spectacle uh, where Tyron was really sparring and, and um, Amanda was sparring and, and uh, some Jay love was sparring. So, um, Basically, we we're going to have you kind of introduce the boxers when they're kind of going to do their walk onto the ring. Uh, and then as they're in the ring, we'll give you some bullet points that you can kind of sporadically uh, throw in. You're more catering to the fans at the hard rock at the pool side where we're going to have two commentators who are going. And I didn't see any of that stuff rock until I watched the stream later. And I was like. Holy crap! That was like a full-on produced the show. The two like, guys that were sitting the two there guys and talking and, 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 and like, having them and look, oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. didn't see any. See, of I that. watched it through right. that. I watched it after the fact and was again. I'm just there to do what I do, which is introduce yes. the boxers yes. in the ring, give bullet points, cater to the crowd, get them excited, gotcha. and then interview the boxers after their thing and just talk to them for a couple, like Frank Gore, um, yes. which was awesome. Uh, so I do what I do, and again, it was for Showtime. And so, again, I go back and watch the stream, and I'm like, that was legit, fully produced Showtime boxing event. Go, and the fact that the guys, the commentators, were like, let's throw it back to Greg Wolf. And I, I didn't know any of that. And that's what I'm like, thinking it was just an on-location uh, event, so to speak, that we do in Tampa all the time at the Hard Rock. And I love my friends at the Seminole Hard Rock. I thought it was just something on-location. And then to see it as a produced event that will live now forever online – that's another feather in the cap to just go. I did a Showtime boxing special like and it's you can go anytime. Here's the link. Go watch it. Blew my mind rock. And so going from USL championship final Showtime boxing event to now all star. It's been I've been blessed in the last few months, to say the least. You, I, I know you probably couldn't get close to him, but is there anything that you can give us kind of like the vibe? Jake Paul for being so young. He's such a smart businessman, smart business and guy. is able to still get it done. What and do you his think? brother and his brother? Both of them. Super smart guys. I think now people think that Jake, if he wants to be taken seriously as a boxer, I think he's proven he is not 
a joke. Um, and again, I, people have a problem when there's a stigma or there is a um, an affiliation. Like everybody looks at him as, oh, he's just a YouTube guy. We can't take him seriously. His his audience is a bunch of kids. And okay, maybe that was eight years ago. But guess what? Those kids have grown up. Okay, they may have been twelve. They're now twenty. He's now in a different space. He's trained professionally. He just seen. I'll tell you this, Rock. Just seeing his people call it an entourage. Yeah. But the people I saw in yeah. his corner yeah. were his training staff, uh-huh. were the professionals. He obviously has a camera crew with him, and he's got his boys. But the guys that I saw were all in pristine shape. Uh, he is in pristine shape. Yes. And. He's taking it seriously. When you've got millions of dollars like that, and you've created your own MVP pr- productions, and okay, he is legit. I'll just say that much. He is not doing this as a joke where people think it's a joke. He's training. He's taking it serious, and he's proven that now. That was the largest uh, combat sport event, uh, I think, from a financial perspective as well, ever at Amelie Arena. Ever in isn't that, that building. That what does that say about? It? He's just getting started. So I think people now are saying, well, if you really want to be that guy, come right. to MMA. Come over to this side. And honestly, if he did that, don't think that he's not going to train with the best MMA people to get to the point where he's like, I'm now ready to go fight in that in that realm. So I think he is to be taken seriously. He like you said, he's a he's a he's a I don't want to put him on the same level as uh, our boy Floyd and Mayweather, but as far as a businessman right. and understanding how to turn something into gold, he's that guy. And so you can hate him or love him, but that's pretty much, he's here to stay, I really believe. Until uh, he gets knocked uh, the F out and then people are like, <laughs> oh, you got knocked the F out. But even then, he, you know, everybody's allowed no, a second chance. I but give him right credit. now, he knows he how to do it. Guy. He tries to yeah. get Dana White involved. And he's, he's very smart. He's, he's a manipulator. So he's smart. He's smart. Like smart. All right. Let's, this is how I usually end it with, with uh, all my guests advice. Now you're really interesting. It's not like you've had one career as a successful host, as a successful reporter, as a pro athlete. You, uh, you've done radio, you're marketing, you're in game, you're host, yeah. you're owner of your business. So sure. I don't know, you know, advice would, would somebody want to know that how they can do all of that? Probably not, but you've been successful and yeah. you've, you've done it. On your own, is anybody just giving you anything? Right. So, what advice do you have for young people, man, that uh, that want to be successful in the entertainment business? I would guess. Greg? So, I would say, you know, and I, I get this asked from college kids when I go speak, and I always try every year to go back and speak at USF on campus to the mass comm students, and you know that are trying to figure it out for themselves. I tell them, do not turn down any opportunity that you are availed if you feel that that opportunity can some way benefit you in your in your quest and what i say to them those especially that want to be in sports because i've had a lot of kids come up and say hey you know i would love to be a host for such and such okay guess what how many high schools are there in the bay area how many colleges you know even the small colleges that have basketball or women's volleyball or whatever if you have an opportunity to approach them and say, I would love to be the host of your games. I would love to be the PA for your games. I'm not asking you for a dime. I just want the experience. I want to learn. There is enough opportunity for you to go out there and get it. I remember years after the fact that I was the PA for women's soccer at my high school at River Ridge in Newport Ritchie. I don't remember. Like the fact that I remember doing that came so many years later. I was like, wow. I did. I went to the math teacher was the soccer coach. And I I don't know if he advertised in the classroom that they were looking for somebody to do announcements during the girls soccer or whatever. But I was the first to volunteer. I said, yeah, I'd love to be the announcer for girls soccer because I got to get behind a microphone. I I don't know. But the fact that I remembered how about for my girls soccer team at my high school again, because an opportunity availed itself and I somehow got experience from that. So And the fact that I didn't remember that for years and years later is just funny to me. But if you want opportunity, sometimes you got to create them for yourselves. Uh, They're not always going to come to you. And maybe the soccer coach hadn't thought about it. And you approached the soccer coach and said, I would love to be your PA for your soccer games. Just give me a microphone. Let me get in the press box. They may go, we've never had one before. But how cool is that going to be for our players and fans to have somebody? Can you play music too? Can you get your Spotify playlist? Who knows? You know, and so 
you have to create opportunities for yourself, but don't turn down any opportunity if you feel it could be a benefit to you somehow, some way. There's been plenty of times I've done charity gigs or hosted for people uh, because I knew if I host for this event and I don't, you know, it's a charity event or I mm-hmm. do a pro bono or whatever. Yeah. But the room is going to be filled with executives and dignitaries and people from the city who may look at it and go, this guy was awesome, man. Like, who was that guy? How do we get him for our event? Now I get a paid gig from a gig that they don't know I didn't get paid on. So sometimes you have to do free work as well. As all people don't like to hear that, but sometimes you have to do that because it could easily lead to financial opportunities later. So that would be my tidbit of advice really is don't turn down any opportunity, whether it's something that is paid or not, if it's going to give you the experience and education that very well may lead to another opportunity down the road. I love your attitude. All these successful people all have the same outlook. It's not, oh, the business sucks. Oh, there's been cutbacks. Oh, we had COVID. Every one of you guys is the same. Positive hardworking and that's why you're on top greg wolf thank you so much thank you rock love you brother that was so interesting when he was talking about the jake paul situation that he did not even know that it was a full production he was just up there on the ring and he was playing to the crowd at the hard rock that were there and they were throwing it he had no idea until he looked back at it how about that but he just keeps on climbing the ladder man And I really like that. Now, we were talking afterwards. It's funny. I fill in sparingly. I haven't done it since COVID. Um, J.P. Peterson is the host of Lightning Hockey Night Live. He's up on the big board between uh, periods, uh, before the game, pregame. So I got asked to fill in for him a couple of years back, maybe two, three years ago. By John Franzone, who uh, Third Leg Greg there, Wolfie mentioned. And one of the reasons I knew him, he used to be with the Rays, and he's done a great job at the Lightning and all that jazz. He, he runs the in-game, everything that you see. And he said one of the reasons why he asked me is because he knew I did live TV for so long, and you got to be able to have somebody yelling in your ear and still being able to broadcast, still being able to uh, read the teleprompter and go with the flow and things are dropped and speed it up, slow down. No, we're not doing that. Go here. And, and you got to be able to do that. And he figured I could, I could handle that. And I, and I, and I did, but when you don't do it and then you're just thrown into it, uh, it's not that easy. And I was telling Gray, we were, we were BSing a little bit when the podcast was done. And it's like, he admitted it took years to master that. In other words, you think, oh, he's just a hype guy in the stands. All right, all right. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you a trivia question and you're going to win this. All right. Is it A, B, C? Yeah, you got it right. All right. Back to you. And you think that's all that it is. How it works is, listen. When you do live TV, which I did for years, we did our show, The Sports Connection, live out and about. And when you're out in the element and you're dealing with fans, uh, there were a couple of situations that, whoa, man, you almost lose your cool, you know? Um, But when a director, you know, everybody has what's called an IFB, and you put it in your ear, and that's how they can uh, talk to you back at the station. I would explain this when I would talk to groups of kids. Like, when you see somebody out reporting live, all right, they have someone talking in their ear. It's a director. But there's usually different lines, and so in a director, or if they're in a truck, when they're talking to the on-air talent, they're just on one line. They're just telling them, all right, we don't have the audio. We don't have the audio. All right, back to you. All right, wrap it up, you know, stuff a little bit like that. And meanwhile, when you're, when you're live, you have to keep having your delivery, like what I'm doing now and talking and talking, yet somebody's talking in your ear. Well, that takes a while. I remember the late, great John Madden said when he did his first, it was either his first game or his first audition. He had the director talk in his ear and asked him a question. And he, and he said on air, like he, he, he responded. (laughs) He wasn't used to that. 
or I've over the years I've had athletes that our boss will say, Oh, let them fill in, let, let, let them. And they've never put an IFB in and then have somebody talking to them. And then they still have to try to read a teleprompter or ad lib. It takes practice. And so when I went to the lightning and I filled in for JP and I remember, and he just said, turn down France. Oh, you don't have to have it up high, man. And that was so funny, but I had to keep it up because I, I, I hadn't done this. And even though I had done live TV for so many years, I was nervous in the beginning. I mean, I felt myself being nervous because you're in front of 19,000 fans and you're live and you're on a big board, giant scoreboard. They can see everything. And if you screw up, there ain't no do over. And I like that. I kind of like that feeling, man. It's like you're nervous, but yet you're, you're pumping, you know, your adrenaline, it gets your heart going. I like it. And then when you're all done, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going home, crack me open a cold one, man. And yes. Yeah. So, uh, but I remember in with how they do it there is there's not just one line where the gentleman that's running it or directing it, he might be talking to a camera person down on the floor that they need to get a shot of so-and-so. And it's like, what do you mean you don't go get it? Oh, we don't have that. What do you do? An audio. Yeah. That's all going on in your ear while you are broadcasting. You're yeah. And so it takes a while. And see, I haven't filled in now. So I know I'm going to be nervous if I get that shot again. The, when, when COVID shut down the NHL, it was in March, somewhere around March 17th, 18th, something like that. I got the call from Franzone to fill in. I said, yes, I can do it. He goes, hey, bear in mind, there's this thing called COVID going around and we might, we might not play the game tomorrow. Oh, I got you. No problem. And they had a morning skate and I got the call or no, a text. I had already seen it. The game was canceled and that was it. And I have not filled in since. I don't think JP's taking any days off or maybe they got somebody. No, but I've, I've seen John. I text him, you know, very rarely. He's a busy man. Hey man, if you still need me, he's like, oh yeah, I got you. All right. So we'll see. But that was what Wolfie was talking about with me that like, He'll get some kids and say, hey, I want to be the uh, in arena announcer for the Lightning, man. How do I do that? I just want to do that. Well, you got to work at it. You got to get experience. Like, you know, everybody wants to be a star, but how many want to put in the time? Right? Right? So anyway, he makes it look easy. He's loving it. I loved his story when he was over there and uh, was in Sweden and I'm uh, like, he's he's in the arena. I'm like, this is global. I'm across the pond. I'm a kid from Pasco County, Florida. And how about that? So it's cool. And again, great attitude. Another one with a positive attitude, not bitching and moaning and all oh, the business night. No, he's not complaining about COVID. Nothing, nothing. Another one, another one. All right. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Oh, and you know, like, Jobs that are harder than they to master than they look. I was thinking about baseball because a couple of years ago, they have what they call the Ted Williams Hitters Hall of Fame. And it used to be in Citrus County, Florida, a remote area because that's where Ted Williams retired. Ted Williams loved to fish and hunt. And he didn't like the crowds and he wanted to be and he settled down. And that's where they had the Ted Williams Hitters Hall of Fame. So we used to go up there. Our, our boss was a big baseball guy. We would do a whole live show and everything, stay overnight. Oh, it was great. Then they moved it to Tropicana Field, the home of the Rays, the indoor uh, crib of the Rays. And every year they'll have in, uh, hitters inducted into it. And they, they really take it serious. They're like, wow, this is a great honor because Ted Williams was one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time. And you can argue that, but Ted Williams. So they, they love when they're, they're, uh, they're voted in. Uh, pitchers also go in blah, blah, blah. But I just remember next to, and I might've told this story, Craig Biggio. Now Biggio's son is playing. Uh, that's how old we're getting. 
Oh, my God. And I actually covered as a young reporter, I went to a Seton Hall practice when I worked at New Jersey Network and did a feature. And Craig Biggio was a catcher at Seton Hall. He came up as a catcher. They switched his position to second base and he ends up going into the Hall of Fame. How That's incredible to me, man. So anyway, um, Biggio is there going in. Doc Gooden was there that year. This is a couple of years ago. We were just standing there. I had my camera crew or my camera person and uh, uh, Doc Gooden, Biggio, big game James Shields. Uh, there might have been a couple of more. David Price showed up. I don't know if he was going in or he was just there. And Biggio is standing there next to me. And he's not a, he's not a, uh, he's a little bit on the like quiet reserve side. Like he's, you know, and I said, Hey Craig, how you doing, man? My name is rock, but I actually, uh, I'm from Jersey. And I remember when you were a catcher at Seton Hall, man, I did an interview with you and he just smiled. Didn't, didn't say too much. And we did, I can't remember what we chatted about. It wasn't long, but he said to me, he said, fans don't realize how hard the game of baseball is to succeed. They don't realize it, and especially on the major league level. Because if you come up to bat 10 times and you get three hits, that means you failed 70% of the time. If you get three hits out of 10 times at bat your entire career, you're a 300 lifetime hitter, you're probably going in the Hall of Fame. And I was just thinking, like, to segue to what, like, the in-game arena announcer or hype person, you know, there's a lot, everybody thinks that it's easy, man. It's easy. Just like Paul Porter is the voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's the voice of the Orlando Magic. And he's got great pipes. He's the, he, and he's, oh, he's great voice. And, but there's an, there's an art to it. And I know someone, I don't want to say his name. He's been good to me and he filled in and because he's on the radio and blah, 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 the lightning station, if you had him fill in, he, he shadowed Paul Porter for one day, I believe one game. And it went rather rough. And he even said like, whoa, there is just so much coming at you. Uh, you know, that these guys make it look easy. Perfect example, pro wrestlers. Oh, that shit is scripted, man. It's fake. Okay. Okay. You try to do just a quarter of what they do in the ring. The reason why is when I, my friend, Big Nasty, who's getting better, by the way, Big Nasty, he uh, texted him a while back and he's getting stronger. I've actually, I got to check with him. He had very serious health issues, man. The wrestlers, boy, they, it's a rough life getting thrown around the ring and on the concrete and all that stuff. And then you add a little partying and traveling like that. And, uh, you know, they age. We all, Hey, who, who, who am I to talk? Jesus. But anyway, he had a wrestling school and I used to go there all the time and check it out. I worked out at that place and I was always there. And I would just see when you got guys that are paying to try to be pro wrestlers and when they're learning to take chair shots or garbage cans to the to their backs and they're missing because they haven't done it. And he, no, you can, you can break a guy's neck or the trying to take a bump off the road, the ropes and just it, they make it, you know, that's, that's what I noticed. Like guys that are training, Simple moves, which seem simple moves. And then you watch on TV and you're like, damn, it's like poetry in motion, man. There's a reason why they're getting paid. They're the best of the best. They make it look easy. So it's very, very interesting. Um, the other thing is just like everybody is trying to, everybody's, everybody wants to move down here, especially to Tampa, Tampa and St. Pete. Um, oh my God, man. And like a lot of young people, like where... Where is this money coming from? The inflation rate is the highest in the country here in Tampa Bay. The housing market is out of control. It used to be affordable. And then I'm like, okay, well, has your, okay, the inflation rate, the housing market, has your salary gone up that much? 
have you make, are you making so much more now? But the damn prices are so expensive. Like, you know, and my wife has said, why don't we just sell our house now? We can make 200 grand more. We'll just go live with my parents until the bubble burst. <gasps> her parents are wonderful. But what if that bubble doesn't burst? How long are we going to be? Where are you going to buy? I don't want to leave. I am broadcasting now right outside on my patio on a beautiful Florida early evening with woods behind me sitting at a pool. No, please, please, Emily, please get that out of your mind. But anyway, happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> I know that. Alrighty. Um, but everybody is coming here, you know, and I re remember, it reminded me when I, when I moved to Denver, uh, I was in Denver for two years, the Denver area, Denver Metro, Littleton, and I loved it. I came from New Jersey, uh, my, a relationship that did not work out. She left. It just didn't work out. And I said, I am never coming back to the East. I love the outdoors. I love the no humidity. I love the early times for primetime games, all that jazz, da, 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 da. And here I wanted to get in the business, back in the business, and I take a job at 970 WFL Ray, and I'm still here. And it's a good spot. But it reminded me when I went to Denver, that was back in 1990, early 90s. It was happening with California residents were getting out of California and moving to Colorado, which in turn was you know, increasing the housing uh, costs, prices, you know, they were going up. And at that time it was still, it was affordable, man. I could afford to live. No, my God, it's crazy. And I remember coming here. I drove, I was single at the time, getting divorced, uh, single and I packed up, I had a Jeep Cherokee pickup and I pulled a U-Haul, small little U-Haul. No, no, no mirror on the one side. It was off. I didn't even bother. I drove from Denver, Colorado to Gandhi Boulevard, Lighthouse Bay Apartments. And I drove nonstop. And I actually pulled over in Missouri, it was cold, it was icy, and I wanted to see the ball drop, and I didn't take into account the time change. And when I got into this little rinky-dink motel, and I put on the TV, and it was probably 10 to midnight, and it was New Year's Eve, and it was well, like it already had passed. <laughs> but I got, and I was in an apartment, and like I said, I was by myself. I didn't have any any uh, responsibilities other than me, which it's pretty dang easy to live when you're living like that. And I wanted to get a house. And so I just went right over the Gandhi bridge and right on the St. Pete side, small little house, a two one, I believe. And I think I bought it for $55,000 in 1996, maybe. And then I sold it two years later for like 68000 or $65,000, a house. Can you imagine now? And that house is probably two thirty or something now. And it's just, it's blowing me away, man. And everybody says they want to move here. Champa Bay and the roads. The other thing is when it used to get, to about April 15th when it was time to do your taxes, the snowbirds would leave and go back up north and then the roads would open up and you would notice it would be a lot quieter. Now it's year-round. Yeah, there, there ain't no clothes. There, there, there. It's, just, it's just amazing. But it just blows me away, man, the amount of how expensive it is getting. It's, uh, it's crazy. All right, listen, I didn't want to go too long. Wolfie went long, but it was good. I appreciate that, Greg Wolf. And I may be having a female next week unless something big comes up and she is a name to remember because she is going to make it big. Her name is Grace Remington. She is a TV reporter. She's in Charlotte. And I've seen these 
uh, a couple in my my broadcasting life come you, you know they, they come through your life and you're like she's going to the top she's going to the top and I've seen it and I'm, I'm calling her right now Grace Remington so that is scheduled to be my guest next week very very interesting great personality the whole uh, nine yards but we'll see something else may come up you never know alright hang in there hang in there let's try, let's try to be positive try try or you know what if you want to be negative Go do that. Maybe you feel better. Let it out. <laughs> All right. You know that? Go, go, go be negative. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. On this week's episode of Crush Performance, we're wrapping up our series on the Crush Brain Game. The human brain is a universe of its very own, and we're just beginning to understand how vast and complex it really is. It's a virtual learning machine, and over the last 10 years, there have been incredible advancements in our understanding of how it all works, but more importantly, in technology that's now allowing us to map, monitor, and train the brain real time. So join us this week as we wrap up our look into the brain and its true role in human performance. And I'll share some great deals for you from our sponsors, Inside Tracker and Athletic Greens. Crush Performance with Jeff Cruschel can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.